My name is Tom Bente, and I'm uh, pleased to be here, and I'll let Sylvia introduce herself, but we're pleased to join Lind, Gillian Lind, <laughs> to talk about a very special time, a very special day. It's the one-year anniversary of a series of discussions and podcasts that Lynn has created called Lessons from Leaders. And we're here with Lynn to turn the tables and reflect with Lynn about what she's learned, what's come out of this podcast, what does she expect for the future? And so we're delighted to, first of all, welcome Lynn. And let me turn it to Sylvia. Thank you so much, Tom. It's always a pleasure to, to be with both of you. Uh, I've learned so much from, from these podcasts and, and from watching uh, Lynn uh, go from this concept to, to implementation. So it's a great one-year anniversary. I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer of ACI VOCA and uh, have known Lynn for quite a long time now and, and, and also Tom through his work uh, at Humentum. So I'm just really happy to turn the tables a little bit and, 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 and talk to Lynn about things like, you know, what, you know, what, what in your background may inspired you to come up with this, this idea? What, what is it that, that made you get here? Thank you. And, uh, thanks for you both for doing this. And I'm, uh, I feel honored, actually, that you're that you took over my podcast and you're hosting it now. Um, I think what what the idea. So I used to work for Catholic Relief Services, and and I was a I was a senior manager. And one of my visions was I wanted, if I thought in my mind, this is no slur on CRS that I wanted if leadership was better at their jobs, we could be better at our work. And um, I left there and, and started working as a coach. And that's my passion. That's my drive. That's what I want. I want people to lead, be their best. I know everybody can be so great leaders so that we can achieve our missions and our vision. And um, what, I, what came to me in interviewing, I was two years ago started interviewing leaders to try to get a better understanding of what the challenges were. And I look hearing these great stories and I was like, I shouldn't be the only one getting these lessons. I, they should be out in the world. I want everybody to hear this because I was hearing such fabulous um, lessons. This is what I know. This is what makes great leadership. This is what I used to do that didn't work. That's that I don't do anymore. And so that's, that became the podcast just because I want, it's a way to like normalize that we're all human and we make mistakes. And these are the things that, that are, I find to be successful. And they're such fabulous stories. I, I think I fall in love with guest after guest after guest. It's, um, it's in some ways it's kind of my, uh, uh, I don't know, love story or my, my heart back to the community um, to be able to do this. And just to pick up on that, when you were starting this off, you know, you knew a lot of people across uh, international development world. And how did you start to build the critical mass of leaders? I'm thinking now it must be 24, 25 different podcasts done. And my numbers may be slightly off, but, you know, all of a sudden this has become a nice critical mass. But how do you get started with that? How do you start to connect with people to invite people to have these kinds of conversations? That's like the best part. Well, maybe it's not. <laughs> 
part. It's a good part is that um, I started talking to people that I knew either had been clients or I knew them from work that I did with CRS and then they would refer me to other people. So the process now is that I ask every guest, who else would do you wish that I would interview? Who do you admire that you would like to hear their leadership story? And so um, I just get passed around to these amazing people that I, nor I normally wouldn't be able to talk to, or I, it would be harder to get to talk to them. Um, and they're so, without exception, everybody has been so forthcoming and willing to be self-disclosing. Um, it's, it's really, that has been, that's just been something that I've loved. And, and I still, when I'm, I, I look forward at the end of the interview when I say, after we get off the air, I say, who else would you like to hear from? And it's like a little Christmas present that they're giving me. <laughs> Oh, someone I've never heard of. And some people that I have heard of, but often it's someone I don't know at all. And then I get to talk to that person and hear their story and, and fall in love with them. So, so what, you know, you've, you've met with all of these leaders. You've been talking uh, uh, to them. What, what are your biggest takeaways? What are the things that you really learned uh, the most if you had to kind of encapsulate all of, all of what you've been hearing and learning? So some of the things a lot surprised me. A lot of like the, a lot of people talked about how they wish in their like what I knew, wish I knew then that I know now is slowing down. I wish I'd gone slower. I wish I'd listened more. I wish I hadn't pushed my own agenda so much. In some ways, it, to me, it's like I wished I believed that I didn't need to put myself forward so much that it, I could get to here without that, that I wish I'd collaborated um, more. Uh, that that's surprised me that I hear that so, so frequently. Um, but I think it's very normal when we're younger, we think that we need to make our mark. That's why we're there, that it's not our mark, isn't to, to bring everybody together and, and hear other voices. And I hear a lot about authenticity also, um, being authentic and what that means. Um, and that was another, that was another surprise to me. There's little bits like that. Um, and I talk a lot about failure just cause it's my, one of my favorite subjects. I think that because I struggle with it myself, like accepting my own failure, um, being the, uh, high achiever that I am, I'm very hard on myself. And so I love to hear about other people's failures because, and how they deal with them because I, right. My, one of the things I want for myself, so I want it for you, everybody else too, is <laughs> normalizing that failures are okay. That failures are actually, I'm starting to think that failures is the wrong word and not mistakes. It's just, you know, unintended consequences or that's it. There's not really failures. They're just learnings. Um, yeah. And so I want that for myself. And, and if I can give it to everybody else, maybe I can finally learn it myself. <laughs> you mentioned just some, you know, one takeaway for all of us, you know, having the chance to listen to listen to the podcast and be part of it was, you know, normalizing failure, just having people take that away. Are there other gifts that you would want people to take from the podcast? Other uh, so what's that people should pay attention to? 
one of the things is how everyone, all of these people are quite in their own right amazing leaders and how they show up so human. So we can be human and be, we can talk about our failures. We can talk about the things that scare us. We can talk about what we think we're good at and what we're not. And we're still excellent leaders. I, I, that's the thing I especially want young people um, to hear. I, I think about young women leaders or women that are coming up I want them to not be so hard on the CSOs to make me cry, not be so hard on themselves, you know, not be so setting the bar so high and always falling short and um, more knowing that it's a, there's an evolving, there's an unfolding that happens and trusting that you have, that we have enough, that we bring enough. Mm -hmm. that's interesting. When when you started uh, when you started this, or at least some of the initial conversations that we had, um, you you did have a focus on women's leadership. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious uh, if you if you have any thoughts on what you learned about the differences from women leaders and 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 the men uh, and and how those podcasts maybe were different. What what different takeaways you got? That's interesting you're raising that, Sylvia, because that is where my heart is, and I feel a little guilty about that because there are also amazing men leaders, male leaders. Um, Some of the things that I learned are many of the women leaders talk about how they were mentored by men and that it was not 100% say this, but many women had men who said to them, I think a superior boss, I think you're ready for this position. And the women themselves didn't feel ready. Hmm. Um, And so on one hand, it's interesting that that happened. I, I feel a little sad that there's so many of us, some are saying, I'm not ready. And I think Carrie talks about that in her podcast, not specifically, but stepping up and saying, I'm ready even when, um, we don't think that we are, I, I could get lost in that subject. There's a good book about it. But women just saying, I'm ready, even though we don't think we know enough or have learned enough or read enough or have, enough, we still say yes. We say yes before somebody asks us. Um, I, there's only one guest, woman guest who's talked about she pushed and pushed and pushed until somebody said, okay, I hear you, yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stories are, are otherwise. Um, And women talk a lot more about being authentic than men do. So I don't know if men just think about it and don't talk about it. It hasn't come up in the conversation, but it definitely shows up a lot more in my interviews with the women about Mm -hmm. being authentic, empathetic, um, a lot of the values or attributes that we think of as more women leadership, feminist leadership than men. So I'm not saying that men don't think about these things. They just don't come up in my conversations um, as naturally or actually at all. I can't think of any of the men who have talked about being mentored at all either. So that's just another interesting, yeah, attribute. Um, those are the main, the main, uh, things that I can think of. Women have really, especially the women of color, that's often where I end up crying because the women have such amazing stories, the women of color about how 
what they have, and they're mostly women, you know, around my age or a little bit younger, what they have struggled with. And, and like one guest talks about, you know, having to nobody, she kept feeling like people didn't believe in her. And, um, and I, so I said, how did you keep holding on to that you were good enough? Because that's something a lot of us have, we're not good enough. And her outer, the world was telling her she wasn't good enough. And so I asked her, how do you believe, how could you keep believing you and you were good enough when the world was saying otherwise? She said, I just knew they were wrong. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is what I want for everyone, but especially young women. You know you're good enough no matter what the rest of the world is telling you. Mm-hmm. So those are just some some of my favorite things. Uh, those are extraordinary. And as you're describing those, Lynn, I think we're both, you know, choking back a little bit, thinking about some of the conversations you've had and just, yeah. you know, how people have revealed uh, some of those vulnerabilities and just how inspiring uh, those leaders have been. But as you look ahead, you know, with one year – um, in place, where do you see this going? What do you hope to have the podcast continue to do or evolve to do as you think ahead over the next year? So keep interviewing people. I probably have 12 people have been recommended to me right now that I have to, um, I haven't worked on it because of the Corona, but who I'll get on. I'd like in my scary thoughts beyond you know if I could do anything it would be to have it be sponsored so we could really have it professionalize it and um and and maybe to dedicate a lot more time to it I'd like to be able to pull a lot of the some of the best stuff out and maybe put it in a written format or a book or something so it's more accessible Mm -hmm. I I could go on I'd like to have little clips of some of the topics so they'd be across the same you know so we could have a lot of the same different people talking about the same topic those are all funding issues and time issues that are a little constrained for me right now sure so what is what is one thing you would have told yourself a year ago uh before this uh podcast one thing I would, well, I, you know, a lot of things that I say for other people, I wish for them is what I wish for myself. So I wish that I'd like, I didn't know where this was going to go. So I guess dream, I didn't dream big, but it went big. So that's cool. Um, I, I guess I wish I, I would have just believed more that I could, create something that that like this um that would have been lovely if i had just believed in myself more the possibility that this would go and have meet so many it's met so many friends you know the podcast has so many supporters and friends Mm -hmm. and um yeah all of a sudden i feel like it's my child who gets to go out to play and other children want to play with it that's a great analogy (laughs) People like my kid. They want to play with <laughs> Human Tim posted my, when I started, Human Tim wasn't, you know, because of Tom, Human Tim is now posting my podcast. And before it was just me putting it on LinkedIn. Like people take my kid out to the playground to play with lots and lots of other kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a testament to the great job that you've done in pulling together uh, this 
uh, whole podcast. I, I really think that people have been drawn to you and your questions uh, and have appreciated that it's in many ways very sector specific. Uh, that you and I have spoken at other times, there have not been as many opportunities in our sector uh, to, to have these conversations because I do think, uh, particularly in the nonprofit international development sector, it is, it is a different way of leading. Uh, uh, so I, I really think you, you deserve a lot of credit for, for turning this uh, fascinating idea into a successful reality. So I wanna, I wanna really thank you for that. Thank you, Sylvia. Yeah, in fact, Lynn, what you were saying before about just you know some of the takeaways you've had about people being uh, people you've interviewed being empathetic, being vulnerable, um, sharing insights, being authentic. I think you created that environment. I think you know yeah. your you you role model behaviors that people that you speak with uh, pick up on, and I think it creates this real nice safe space with leaders talking to leaders. Uh, being open, sharing insights, sharing practices. And I think it's a, it's a special place and it's becoming not just a podcast, but a community. And I think that's also really exciting where you see leaders then having conversations with each other after the podcast and looking out for each other and looking to support each other. And I think it's something very special that is emerging and continuing to grow from your work. Thank you so much for, for that, Tom and Sylvia. I, I mean, you I feel, I feel like you're a cat and you're petting me. So thank you. 